time to every purpose under the heaven. I'm going back to 1 Samuel, the third chapter, where I was last night. i got several scriptures I'm going to read. Starting with the very first verse. Are you there with me? Anybody there with me? The child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. It came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of the covenant or the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. Then the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here am I. He ran unto Eli and he said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. The Lord called yet again Samuel. Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou did call me. And he answered, I called not, my son, lie down again. Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. The Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli, and he said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord. For thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood. And called as at other times. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered. Speak for thy servant heareth. The Lord said to Samuel. Behold. I will do a thing in Israel. At which both the ears of everyone that heareth. It shall tingle. That day I will perform against Eli. All things which I have spoken concerning this house, when I begin, I will also make an end. Going down to verse 19. Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan, even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. The Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Would you go with me to Daniel, the seventh chapter? I feel a great deep movement of the Spirit of God in this place today. I'm asking you be still, be reverent. Please pay attention. Please don't get distracted. Please don't do other things. Please pay attention to what the Lord's speaking today. Daniel 7 and 21. And I beheld in the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them till the Ancient of Days come and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High and the time came. I'll read it like this. And the season came 
that the saints possessed the kingdom. From the Gospel of Luke, the first chapter. Verse 19. Is everybody there with me? The angel answered and said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God. And am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. Behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed because thou believest not my words which shall be fulfilled in their season. I want to talk to you today about the changing of the seasons. I guess it was Thursday night a week ago. I just walked out and sat on the porch. And I mean, even as hot as it is and as humid as it is, I spent a lot of time sitting on my front porch. Because I just sit there and talk to the Lord. Fellowship Him. Just love Him. And as I was sitting there, I felt the Spirit of the Lord envelop me. Just caught me up. Just surrounded me. And I saw God showed me Abraham. And that period from Abraham to Moses, He said this was a season. He said that I spoke to men. Then I saw where he brought the law in and took it all the way through Joshua. He said, this was a season. Then I saw the judges. God said, this was a season. Then I saw him beginning to bring in the prophets. With Samuel and the kings. And he said, this was a season. He took me all the way through the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and the move of God and He showed me each stage as a season. He said, but now, He said, we've come to the changing of the season again. God's not going to do what He's been doing. God's been trying to tell us this for a long time. God's not doing what He used to do. There's a season of God moving in that's bringing the fullness of Christ. Bringing the fullness of God to envelop your very being and to live in you as you yield yourself to Him. And it's not for everybody. This is the thing people can't understand. And I have so many people, I don't see God doing anything. You're not going to with a carnal mind. And naturalized. You're not going to see what God's doing. Just like Jesus kept preaching about the kingdom of God. And everybody said, well, where is it? Show it to us. 
He said the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. You can't see this move with your eyes. You can't say low here or low there. What is it? It's in here. There's a working of the Spirit in here. Can you not feel something changing? Anybody that can feel something changing in you, raise your hands. You can feel a working of the Holy Ghost. You can feel God reaching to change you and do something in you. You can see that people are beginning to need deliverance. God's beginning to pull them scales off your eyes. You're seeing it ain't about you. It ain't about what you want and how you want things to be. Oh man, I done paddled that boat. <laughs> if I'd have had my way, I'd have this church and I'd still have my tents going. I'd be preaching here about once every three weeks. Still be out there in tent revivals and just come in here and have good revival services and just hit the road. But that ain't what God wanted. See, God brought a change of season to me 11 years ago. God brought a change of season to me. And He put me here for His purpose, not for mine. Because I'm going to tell you, my purpose wasn't to be here. My purpose wasn't to be here. But God's purpose was to put this church right here, put this word right here, and to begin to draw. How many of y'all have ever seen a church where half the members live two hours or further away from the church? Anybody ever seen anything like this? I mean, here we are, two and a half hours from the church. My son, an hour and a half from the church. Sister Patty and her family, an hour and a half, two or better hours from the church. Brother and Sister Elder, right at two hours from the church. Sister Kathy, right at two hours from the church. Half of our church. But I remember when God spoke years ago and said, I'd bring them from 50, 100, 150, and 200 miles away. And people in this area don't want it. He said, I'll bring people in from out of town. And you know what God's doing? God's building a body. God's building a body. God's building a body of people that can labor and work together and fight for the faith. And I'm telling you, there's a change in the season of God. There's a change. There's a change in the way we've served God and the way we've presented ourselves before God before it ain't going to work now. It ain't going to work. God's requiring more. You think all brother matters mean. Let me tell you something. When I tell you something, listen to me. Listen to me. In 40 years, I've never seen the word that God put in my spirit fail. Me and my wife will be married 30 years, February. She'll tell you whenever I have spoke to her about somebody, and said, you watch them. They're fixing to do this. They're fixing to do that. This is fixing to happen in their lives for 30 years. You ever seen me miss it? Not one time. Why? It's not the flesh. 
It's not the flesh. It's that Spirit of God that God has placed in me for His purpose. Not for my purpose. Not for my will. Not for your purpose, not for your will, but that the will and purpose of God can be wrought in each and every life that God has brought under this roof. You're here for a purpose. You're here for a purpose. You're not here because you wanted some place to go to church. My God, you could find something down there. And I know there's enough people hurting down there. Mother Michael could start something down there. And y'all wouldn't have this sacrifice, this financial sacrifice and this hardship on the body. Let me tell you something. This gets old after a while. I beat my body up for nearly 11 years. Driving back and forth and doing things around this church. And now we're getting ready to undertake this big remodeling here. And I know I'm going to be here working every day for probably two months. Trying to get everything ready for camp meeting so we can have this thing. Uh, Is it going to be easy physically? No. Uh, Is it going to be easy spiritually? No. Uh, Is it going to be easy financially? No. Uh, But I see a vision. Uh, I see God moving. Uh, I see God bringing His hand together. Uh, I see a big two big classrooms out there. And I see them packed with young people. I see a big fellowship hall full of activities and prayer and Holy Ghost move. My God, there's a vision. Somebody get with a vision. Somebody get with a vision. Somebody get in the fight. You brothers need to take a lesson from you sisters. I'm serious. You need to make up, make up your mind you're in this thing for the long haul. It's like Brother Michael stood up in one of the men's meetings and said, ladies can commit to ladies. It's so hard for men to commit to a man. I'm not asking you to commit to me. I'm asking you to commit to the Spirit of God. The leadership God's put in me. I think it's proven itself. I think it's proven itself. Why? There's a change of the seasons. There's a change of the season. There's a change of the season. See that scripture there in First Samuel, the third chapter. God just so opened that up to me. I was studying something completely different. And I saw, I read that scripture right there. Let's go back to First Samuel 3. I read that scripture there and I, I exhorted on this a little bit last night. First Samuel third chapter. Let's look at the second verse. The first verse said the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no vision. My God, where's the word of the Lord? Where's the word of the Lord? These preachers go from camp meeting to camp meeting. They preach the same word. You got the same spirit in all these camp meetings. Good preaching, good music, good fellowship, good fun. Nothing serious. No kind of word to give people direction, to take them into a relationship and in a death. And I'm telling you all by the Spirit of God, something's fixing to happen in this ladies' meeting up there that you're going to need one another. People are going to walk the line. People right you you people right here in America, you can't see your lives changing. 
You can't see not being able to go to that grocery store, that clothing store, or that shoe store and get anything your heart desires. You can't see the government in this country going to hell in a handbasket, but it's happening. And you're going to have to have a faith to live by. You listen to what I'm telling you? You better start cutting a faith to live by. God spoke to me in 1991 and said, The just shall live by their faith. You break that down, that means they, those that are justified by the blood of the Lamb shall survive by their faith in God. And right now, if government assistance, if welfare, if social security, if unemployment insurance that the government's backing, if it goes kaput and there ain't no money coming out for Medicaid and Medicare and disability, there's a lot of people in this country will not know how to live. Uh, children of God, we're going to survive uh, by our faith in God. Uh, and I exhort you today, uh, my God, as I talk to you uh, of the common salvation faith uh, that was once delivered uh, unto the saints uh, of faith uh, that will feed and clothe uh, and sustain uh, your very physical man. A faith in God. You won't worry about whether that check comes in the mail or not. Most people's finances cut off today have a nervous breakdown. I don't care if you're on retirement, Social Security. I don't care if you're on unemployment. I don't care if you've got a job. People, people lose their income today. They wouldn't know how to deal with the pressure. Why do you think God's put us under such pressure? Why do you think God's allowed such forces and powers to attack some of you physically and mentally? The word trial means test. God has been testing you to prove you. Testing you to prove you. To see if you will trust in Him. And that your faith in Him will sustain you. We ain't there by no means. Ain't none of us there. Ain't none of us there. But I'm telling you what God is doing in the Holy Ghost. This change of season that's coming in. This change of the Spirit. This change. What God's doing, it is bringing in a faith. It is bringing in a walk with God. It's going to be like unto the book of Acts and going to go greater and going to go beyond. It may not have the same, it may not have the same look, but I'm telling you what is going to be wrought on the inside. It's going to give you a faith and a strength that you are going to love not your life unto death. You ain't going to care about nothing except pleasing God. You ain't going to care about anything. I don't know how many of y'all read Voice of the Martyrs and you see all this persecution in other countries and say, we got this, we got this crazy idea. It ain't never coming to America. Get ready. It's on its way. We got this crazy idea. There won't never be no bombs go off in churches in America. Let me tell you something. Have you seen shootings in churches in America? That was the first step. Let you know people are vulnerable. We're fixing to see it in our malls. We're fixing to see it in our shopping centers. We're fixing to see it in our government buildings. We're fixing to see it in our schools. It's fixing to happen in our churches uh, and we are not prepared uh, we are not prepared and I'm trying to tell y'all uh, there is a change of the season uh, and God has given us instructions uh, on what to do and how to prepare uh, and we keep wanting to go back and have just good old church 
don't matter. Seeking God don't matter. Being faithful to the house of God don't matter. Fighting to come in one mind and one accord and labor together. It don't matter. We just want good church. Good church ain't going to stand. Good church ain't going to stand. You're going to have to have a faith. And when all hell prevails against you, there's a solid faith in God that stands in you. It's working in you, Sister Brenda. It's working in you. You look back at all the hell, all the heartache, all the sorrow, all the pain, all the suffering, and I'm going to tell you it's working. It's working a faith in that woman. I got confidence in that woman right there. Why, I see something working in her. I see a faith working in her. And if we ever banded together, and if we ever come together and sought God, and I'm talking about being in this house, when God said be here, God said be here 30 to 45 minutes early. Well, I don't have to come pray. No, you don't. And I see people, when we're praying, people just sitting around staring at the ceiling reading their Bible. I see people while I'm preaching reading their Bible, fooling with this, fooling with that. You don't have to do nothing. You don't have to comply with nothing God wants to do. You don't have to listen to one thing that God's saying. You can come to church an hour late. You can come to church two hours early. You don't have to pay attention to anybody do what anybody says, but I'm telling you this. When the season changes and God brings the hungry and the thirsty and the obedient together in one mind and one accord and begins to pour out the gift of the Holy Ghost that brings the manifestation of Christ. Uh, that not only brings His love and His uh, His, uh, His power and His authority, His compassion, uh, but brings the deliverance uh, that this generation needs. Uh, you're going to be on the outside uh, looking in. Uh, you're going to be on the outside uh, saying, well, I didn't see what God is doing. You don't have to see. Listen. Listen. There's a change. Why? If we don't get it, we ain't going to survive. Any of y'all survive without money? Any of y'all survive without money right now? If you can't, don't get up and go to work in the morning. Call your boss up and say, look. I can live by faith. I don't need your old job. Call Social Security and Disability up. Call your retirement funds manager up and say, here, I want you to make out this church such and such charity. Make this check out. I don't need it. I'm going to live by faith. Are we there? No. This is where God's taking us. This is where God's taking us. Because right now, money's our security. You listening to me? You don't think it's your security? Sure it is. Sure it is. You ever went through a financial battle where you just couldn't make things work and just... And all of a sudden, it's like things broke, money started coming in. How much pressure lifted off of you? <laughs> Why? You felt secure. You felt secure. You felt better. You knew that you could provide 
the necessary things for you and your family that it takes to survive. May not have been any extras there for a little while. But the necessities. The necessities. Are y'all following with me? We aren't there yet. We ain't there yet. But the Bible says the just shall survive by their faith in God. God sustained His children in the wilderness for 40 years while He took them out there. God's bringing a group of people together in one mind, one accord, one heart, one spirit. When He gets us together, He's going to cause us to take a step of faith. We're going to dare to believe God. We're going to dare to believe God. I've shared this vision with y'all. I saw this back in 94, old-fashioned house. Big table, 15, 20 foot long, rectangle. Saw a lady in there, sleeves down to here, collar up to here, dress all the way to her ankles. Old pie safe built in a wall. She opened that pie safe recently, got a big wide mouth quart jar of beans, unscrewed the lid, stuck a spoon in it, set it on the table. Reached up that same pie safe, got a loaf of bread, took out about five or six slices, put it on a plate, set it on the table. She hollered through the house and said, Everybody, come on, dinner's ready. About 15 people sat at that table. Probably four or five adults, eight, ten kids. That man bowed his head and prayed. And when he prayed, the hair stood up on the back of my neck. I felt the Spirit of God so strong. That woman picked that quart jar of beans up, started around the table, said, How many dips you want? Scooped out one, went and scooped out two, went in there, maybe scooped out three. Went all the way around that table, so 15 people set it down. It's still half full of beans. Picked that bread plate up and started passing it. Wasn't five or four, five, six slices on it to start with. I seen everybody take at least one slice. Some of the kids took two. When it passed all the way around the table and sat down, still had four or five slices of bread on it. That's the God I'm talking about. That's the God that we do not know. That's the God that has gotten away from us. We read about Him in the Word. We sing about Him in song. We talk about Him in our testimonies. But haven't experienced it? No, we have not. But this is the season. This is the Sohoa. This is the season of God right now that God is moving in. And the sad part is somebody ain't going to listen. The sad part is somebody is going to try to do it the old way. You're going to try, well, this is the way I brought it. That don't mean it's God's way. Did you know that everybody 20 years old and older in that wilderness except two men that would not listen to the voice of God died in the wilderness died in the wilderness. They would not listen to the voice of God. Every time God said something, they rebelled. Every time God said something, well, we don't need to do it that way. Every time God spoke to Moses or Aaron, the Bible said in one place, one man named Korah and 250 princes of Israel, men of renown, very well known, stood up and said, well, if God can talk to Moses, God can talk to me. Yes, He can. 
friend. But God will never put you in a role or a call or an anointing that you're not chosen for. Don't mean God can't talk to you. Don't mean He won't. But let me tell you something. If God's talking to you, you're lining up with leadership. Because God don't tell you one thing and me another. Am I making sense to anybody today? God don't tell you one thing and tell your leadership another. Unity. That's why I preach so strong about this outpouring of the Holy Ghost. People were not in one mind before the Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost. They were in one accord. But until the day of Pentecost, until the Holy Ghost was poured out and entered into them, brought in the Spirit of Christ, it brought them into unity. Then they were in one mind in one accord. Up till then, they were just in one accord. They agreed together to go meet in that upper room why Jesus has said so. But you know that He spoke to 500. How many went? How many? Then 380 stood there. Jesus said, Go tarry at Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high and ascended up in the heavens out of their sight and two angels of God stood by Him. And 380 of the 120 refused to do what God said. Stubborn. Self-willed. I don't have to go meet in the upper room with them. I can go over here and pray and seek God and God will visit me over there. God's got order. He's bringing in a season. Y'all hear me? He's bringing in a season. He's bringing in a change. He's bringing in a moving of the Holy Ghost we've never walked in. That's why I'm telling people, be careful. Be careful. Be careful. I don't have to come up to you and say, Thus saith the Lord. If I just talk to you by the Spirit of God and I give you godly counsel, please take heed. Please take heed. Why? I've seen people's lives get in a mess. Somebody's life is in a mess right now because they didn't listen to me when I ministered to them two weeks ago. They didn't listen to me when I called them in the office three months ago and tried to give them godly counsel and tried to tell them where they was going, where they was headed, what they was doing wrong, fixing to shipwreck them. When I tell you I see the enemy on your trail and the devil's fixing to flip you, you better listen to what I'm saying. Because these eyes right here see way in the future. And they see things your eyes can't see. These ears right here hear things your ears can't hear. Why? It's my calling. It's my calling. I told you years ago, I'm responsible for your souls. If you have set yourself under this leadership and you are applying your heart to this leadership, God has placed the responsibility of your spiritual well-being in my hands. And it's up to me to preach the Word to you 
to instruct you, to edify you, and try to direct you. But if you refuse, you want to do things your way, you take your fate in your own hands. And I'm telling you, there's a working of the Holy Ghost that your eyes have not seen. There is a moving of the Spirit of God that your ears have not heard. Did you not ever read in the Bible that said the Lord will proceed to do a marvelous work and a wonder and people will not believe it, though they be told it? Have y'all ever read that in the Word? Well, that's what God is beginning to do. God is beginning to do a marvelous work and a wonder. Just like uh, most, most of y'all know LaDana. Y'all know she used to come to church here. She told God she had to move off to get a job. She told the Lord, when I get a job, when I get settled, I will be back to this church. The enemy just sidetracked her. But God told her last night her feet belonged here. That girl laid on the ground under my tent and wept her way through the Lord when she was 14 years old. It was her daddy that tried to drag her out of that meeting uh, and keep her receiving what God, uh, her and her sister uh, it was them that he tried to drag out of that meeting uh, but yet God baptized them in the Holy Ghost. Uh, that girl used to get in the car at 16 and a half, 17 years old uh, and drive two and a half and three hours uh, to be in a service because uh, her heart was hungry for God uh, as the enemy sidetracked her yell uh, but God has brought her full circle. Was he doing that? Uh, Bringing his body together. Uh, bringing his body together. Uh, why things ain't like they used to be. Uh, there's a change in the season. Uh, there's a change in the visitation. Uh, there's a change in the moving uh, of the Holy Ghost. Now I'm telling you, you better get up and be about the Father's business. You better get up and be about the Father's business. Because God's bringing this thing together. He's bringing it together. God ain't going to wait no long time. He said, my spirit should not always strive with man. I've, peop- I've had people ask me, Brother Miller, why do, why do you even pray for so-and-so? Why do you even call them? Why do you even try to go see them? Why do you even try to work with them? I said, because they got a soul. They got a soul. And I said, the hand of God is on their life. The hand of God is on their life. There's somebody has been in and out of this church for years. First time I ever seen them. First time I ever seen them, they pulled up on these grounds. We had the red and white tent up. I looked at them. And the voice of the Lord spoke to me. He that stiffened his neck and hardened his heart shall be suddenly destroyed. And that without remedy. And I fought for that soul for ten years. For ten years. And I'm still fighting for it. I'm still fighting for it. You know why? I don't see nobody that I lost and undone without God. See, we make choices. We make choices. We make choices. Young man, don't you pay one attention to things you've seen behind you. You start serving God and you move more forward from right now 
Don't you worry about who's failed. Don't you worry about who's messed up. Don't you worry about the sin. Don't you worry about nothing behind you. You give your heart to God and you move forward from right now. I'm telling you, God will work in your life. God will establish you. God will settle you. And you can be the very link that causes your whole family to get saved and come to God. But it's going to take commitment. It's going to take commitment. See, that's what some of y'all don't realize. I've tried to tell some of y'all. You hold in steadfast. Cause your whole family to get saved. Hold in steadfast. Hold in steadfast. There are going to be some revivals in Georgia, sister. I've seen them. Right down there where your kin folks are, I've seen them. You get down there and get something broke out, you need some help, you call Brother John. I'll come work with you. Why? I've seen God move down there. I've seen God move down there. I'm going to tell you something. People down there know my name. They know my name well because in the 70s and early 80s, I preached all down through there. I preached under a tent in Carrollton, Georgia way back in the 70s and a woman come in, her back all messed up. And she was laying on her bed in pain and God spoke to her, said, I've got a man in this city. If you'll get yourself up and go to that tent, said, God will heal your body. She came that night and God healed her. I am one of the few preachers that come, my God, in denominational territory and preach baptism in the name of Jesus and laid the foundation, hallelujah, for repentance and water baptism in the name of Jesus when everything else was going the other way. Hallelujah, you might as well just go ahead and realize that when everything's swimming this way, your pastor's been swimming that way. I ain't going to do it according to your will. And I want to tell you, brother, something. If you got something in your spirit against me, you need to come talk to me. Because I don't read your mind. I don't think like you think. I don't understand how you understand. And if you get upset about something, don't get mad at me. Come open your mouth and talk. Come open your mouth and tell me what's troubling you. And we'll go to prayer and counsel and get it settled and get it right so this body can go on with God. Amen. Well, me and Brother Miller ain't never going to get along. He just don't see things the way I do. Probably never will. Because if I saw things the way you did, I'd be you. And then there wouldn't be nobody to be me. I don't know if my wife would like you or not. You don't understand what I'm saying? I can only operate in the anointing and the call that God has placed in me. I've got to do it the way God puts it in my spirit. I told you from the get-go. Most of you, a lot of you have been with me from the beginning. Did I not tell you from the get-go I'd make mistakes? Did I not tell you there'd be honest mistakes? I'm not going to get up here and do something to deliberately hurt you or offend you. I'm not going to do something to upset you and try to drive you away from God. I'm trying to get you to God. Amen. But am I going to do it like you think I ought to? No. i got to do it the way I feel in my spirit. i got to do what I feel in my spirit. And I'm striving with everything that's in me to be led by the Spirit. To apply myself to God's Word. 
to walk according to God's Word, to live according to God's Word. Because I'll tell you one thing. If I can't live it, I ain't going to preach it. I ain't going to preach it. The Lord told me a long time ago, He said, you be a Christian first, be a preacher second. If you can't be a Christian, you ain't got no business trying to be a preacher. <laughs> Just the way it goes. You can't apply the, the, the teachings of a disciple of Christ to your life. What do you want to preach for? If you can't set your own house in order, what do you want to get up and tell everybody how to set theirs in order for? I'm sorry, in good old southern lingo, that just plain old depicts a hypocrite to me. A hypocrite ain't somebody that tries and fails. A hypocrite ain't somebody that puts out the effort and messes up. A hypocrite is somebody lives one way and gets up and drives down. You had to live another. I ain't getting much more traction than she did. <laughs> Why are you saying this? That scripture right there in First Samuel. The word of the Lord was precious. There was no open vision. I want y'all to pay attention to this. Verse 2. And it came to pass at that time, at that season, when Eli was laid down in his place, that his eyes began to wax dim. What difference did it make if Eli's eyes were waxing dim? He was laying down to go to sleep. But it said his eyes were waxing dim that he could not see. Y'all listen to me? And then the next verse says, Air, the lamp of God, went out in the temple of the Lord. Is that what it says? Air, the lamp of God, went out in the temple of the Lord. What did this have to do with Eli laying down and going to sleep? Nothing. This is spiritual. This is spiritual. Eli's sons were judges. Eli was a judge. He was a priest, but he was a judge. Eli's sons were judges. But they robbed the people. They went to the house of God and took the women. They came to offer sacrifice. They took him aside and committed fornication and adultery with him. Eli knew it. He done nothing about it. Let me tell you something. You step out of order in this church, I will come to you. I will come to you and try to reason with you. I will try to talk to you. And if I can't get through to you, I'll ask some of the brothers to reason with you. If they can't get through to you, somewhere God will deal with you. Somewhere God will deal with you. You listening to me? Because I take these grounds to be holy. I take them to be sanctified. I've asked God two or three times to put the blood on these grounds, sanctify these grounds and make them holy. And to convict people that walk on these grounds. You should not pull on these grounds with something in your heart against one another. 
You should not pull on these grounds with something in your heart against your pastor. You listening to me? You should not. You need to get these things prayed through. If you can't get it prayed through, then you need to call me up and say, Pastor, we need to talk. And I will sit down and talk with you. I will sit down and talk with you. There ain't one person in this church you can tell me you've ever wanted to talk to me or asked to talk to me that I wasn't available for you. I've always been available for you. I don't care what you wanted to talk about. I was there for you. I may not agree with what you had to say, but I took it to prayer. And I sought the face of God. And I petitioned God for the situation. I'm fair-minded. My son's in this church. My wife is in this church. But let me tell you something. I'm fair-minded. My son gets out of order. I'll talk to him. My wife gets out of order. I'll talk to her. You listening to me? Because the walk and the work of God is my first priority. And pleasing God and doing what's right with God is my first priority. I don't play favorites. I don't play favorites when it comes to the things of God. I don't cut slack and I don't cut corners. Oh, Brother Metter, you're just mean. No, I'm not mean. I'm straight. I'm straight. I'm straight. Ask people, Brother Metter, he believes the Word, he does his best to live by it, he don't put up with no junk. Why? What God's doing right now, we don't have any room for junk in our lives. We don't have any room for it. Because flesh, whether you want to admit it or not, it's got us. It's got us. Tell me somebody, tell me you don't do what your flesh wants to do. Tell me you don't. Flesh has got us. As this season moves in, we really want God. You really want God. Flesh going to turn you loose. Flesh going to turn you loose. Y'all think I'm preaching hard today? You think my wife was... Buddy, I seen her bite her lip. And fight back where the Spirit of God was fixing to take her. If it could get down and gritty. And I seen her fight it back. Why? God's trying to set things in order. God's trying to, do you have to listen to me? No, sir. But I'll tell you this. I'll tell you just like she told her. If you ain't satisfied with the leadership here, you don't believe in it, you ain't going to back it, you're going to work against it, you'd be better off to go somewhere else. Because somewhere God's going to deal with you. Somewhere God's going to deal with you. If everything I do grieves your spirit and upsets you, and all you can do is front and rant and rave over what I say and what I do, you'd be better off to go somewhere else. Plain to the point and simple. Remember you trying to get me to leave the church? No. I fought too hard to get you here. <laughs> Y'all don't know the times I've got in my prayer chamber and fought for you. Fought for you. Called your name before the Lord and wrestled keep the enemy from getting you. I fought for you. Why? I love you. But I see a change of season coming in. That if we don't change with what God's doing, the Spirit of God's going to push you out. Why? Because you ain't going to see it. You ain't going to see it. You ain't going to understand it. What, did, what was it you said, Sister Pat? 
And when you start pulling away from the people, you pull yourself back, you isolate yourself, you don't have nothing to do with nobody, that's when the devil's going to get you. How many times have y'all heard me use the analogy of a lion separating the weak from the herd? Getting them off by themselves. Don't go after the strong. Goes after the weak. Goes after the oldest. Goes after the one least to protect themselves. And when something upsets your spirit and you pull back from the word and the anointing, the devil's took you the first step right there. He's took you the first step. I don't care what you're dealing with. You stay under this word. You stay under this anointing. I don't care if you feel nothing or not. You open your heart to the working of the Spirit. You open your heart to the praise and worship. You do your best to enter into what God's doing. Somewhere, God will destroy that yoke and do something in your spirit and unite you back to the body of Christ. He will do it. But you've got to work with what God wants to do in your life. Amen. Amen. Everything that God is doing now has an appointed time. Has an appointed time. Well, Brother Metter, I was in such and such a church and I was happy. You were there for a season. You were there for a season. Man, I've been through this. I've been through that. Brother Michael, you were in the hard rock for a season. Everything that's happened in our lives, God has allowed it. Brother Matter, are you telling me God's let me go to hell and back, suffer this anguish, heartache, sorrow, almost nervous breakdown, depression, discouragement? Look what it's wrought in her. Look at the fight and deliverance God has raised up in her over what she suffered. You learn obedience. Through the things that you suffer. You learn submission. The word obedience and submission comes out of the same word. You learn to submit to God. Through the things that you suffer. What you go through. What you deal with. You learn to submit. If you don't learn to submit. Some more God just don't need you. Can't get you to listen. Can't get you to obey. Can't get you to conform. Can't get you to come in line. They just finally push you out of the way. See, that ain't up to me. That's why when somebody asks me, Brother Metter, why do you keep praying for them? Why do you keep fighting for them? Why do you keep reaching for them? I say, because they're God's. Because they belong to God. I reached for that right there for about 30 years. Reached for Sister Gail for about 30 years. I mean, reached for and fought for even after they life-flighted her to Chattanooga, cut her wide open in her insides, laid on her outsides for 30-something days in the hospital in Chattanooga. Died twice, didn't you? In the helicopter flight to Chattanooga. Come out walking on a cane. Come to the tent in Hammondville, Alabama in 1997. Prayed for her and God started working her. She still refused to serve God. Still dug them feet in the ground and refused to conform to what God was trying to work in her life. <laughs> so, 
Brother Harlan said this morning, God don't make deals. Let me tell you something. This ain't let, let's make a deal. You don't get to choose door one, two, or three. Because I'm going to tell you, you may not like what's behind that door you choose. <laughs> Amen. Name of one door. Jesus said, I'm it. You going to do it this way? Or you can do it your way. Is anybody tired of doing it your way? <laughs> you tired of doing it your way? Am I making sense to you? Before the lamp of God went out in the house of God, God prepared him a vessel. Just a small boy. Before the lamp of God goes out, In our generation. Y'all can't tell me darkness hasn't covered this earth. And you can't tell me gross darkness ain't on the people. But just as this lamp of God is getting ready to go out, God prepared him a vessel. And started revealing himself to him. God's prepared him some vessels. And he's starting to reveal himself. Because if he don't, the lamp of God's going out. This thing can go into darkness. It went into darkness one time for almost 400 years. From the time Malachi prophesied his last prophecy from John the Baptist, there was no word from God. Y'all realize that? 400 years. There was no word from God. No prophet, no anointing, no word, no deliverance, no direction. Is that what y'all want? I don't. I don't. You say, will God do it again? He can. He can. He's got to have somebody to listen. We're coming into a change of season. Amen. We're coming into a change of season. We're coming into a change of season. So I'm going to make one last plea. We'll make one last plea. I want everybody in this church, I want your eyes on me, I want you to listen to me. Please. Please. Please, please, please. Get here in time to pray with the body. Please. Please get in here and try to work whatever your disagreements, upset, hurt feelings, wounds, bruises, please try to work them out with one another. Please get in here and labor with your brothers and sisters. And let's move forward and got what God wants for this church. Because I'm telling you, if you don't, somewhere God's going to move you on the outside. You're not going to be a part of what He's doing. You're not going to be a part. Why? God has a set order for everybody in His kingdom. He has a set place. He has a set place. Go back and study the Old Testament. Go back and study the temple. They had all kind of ministers. People took care of everything. People took care of the lamps. They took care of the vessels. They took care of the sacrifices. They took care of everything. That was their place. That's what they'd done. They didn't do nothing else. They didn't do nobody else's job. They'd done their job. Everybody done their job. Everything worked in perfect order. It's got to be that way now. 
I don't think any of y'all want my shoes. I don't think y'all want my shoes. Don't worry, I ain't going to give them to you. Why? God put me in them. That's where I'm going to stay. But I'm telling you, this church is going to accomplish what God said it would accomplish. It's going to accomplish it. Without me, or without you, it's going it's to accomplish. Amen. God's made too many promises. There have been too many visions given. There's been too much word of the Lord spoken over this church. Do I want to carry this vision to the fulfillment? You better believe I do. But I've got to be subject to the working of the Holy Ghost, just like you've got to be. And as God brings this new spirit in, it's got to change. We've got to change. Because God ain't going to change. God ain't going to change. You hear me? God ain't going to change. You're going to change. God ain't going to come down where you're at. You're going to come up where he's at. Amen. If I could get y'all to realize how important it is to get in here and pray, to set the atmosphere for what God wants to do in the worship service. When you get the atmosphere set for the worship service, it lays the foundation for the Word. It lays the foundation for what God wants to do in the latter part of the service. And it takes everybody. Amen. There's a changing of the season. Can y'all see this? There's a changing of the season. It's not something I'm doing. It's not something I'm trying to do. It's God's appointed time. It's God's appointed time. It's God's appointed time. Could you see yourself preaching a year ago, Sister Marvin, and God moving like he moved the other night? But you can see God doing great things now, can't you? There's an excitement. There's a joy. There's a peace. When you see God move for somebody, it just brings a peace on you. It brings a peace and it brings a joy that God moved through you to help somebody overcome some of the very things that almost drove you out of your mind. It makes a difference. That's why God's let each and every one of us be tested and tried. For the individual calls and anointings that God is placing in our lives. He's let every one of us be tested and tried in different areas. Why? It's not my call. It's yours. I know where my call is right now. Do you know where yours is? Do you know what God's put in your spirit? Find it. Find it. Amen. Find it. And don't come to me in three weeks and say, Brother, of his words fall to the ground. And then that very last verse of 1 Samuel 3 says, And... The word of the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh. God revealed himself in a new manner. God's ready to reveal himself in a new manner. Why? It's a new season. What's that song? It's a new season. It's a new day. What's coming our way? A fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. A new season. It's a new season. See, this is going to bring in the fullness of God. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing after this. The Bible said, And the season came that judgment was given unto the saints. 
they possessed the kingdom of God forever and forever. The time, the season came. We're being brought to that season. We're being brought to that season. Amen. We're being brought to that season. Do you love the Lord today? Do you understand what I'm preaching? Please let God work on you. Please let God work on you. Please discipline yourself to be in the house of God on time to pray with the body. Please. Please. Please try to be a part of what God's doing. I'm not telling you you ain't going to make it to heaven. But I am telling you you're going to miss the kingdom of heaven. You're going to miss what God's chosen you for. And when you do, you're going to be man most miserable. When you see you missed what God put you on this earth for. And God's put somebody in your place. Give somebody you call. Give somebody you anointed. You're going to be miserable. You don't want to go down that road. You don't want to go down that road, children. You do not want to go down that road. Amen. No, you don't. What I've sacrificed to get to where I am in God, it may not mean nothing to you, but it means a lot to me. Because I'm the one who went through the pain, the heartache, the suffering, the financial pressure, the nervous breakdowns, having my body busted up. I've been attacked. I've been lied on. I've been persecuted. I've been put down. My name has been cast out. I'm talking about preaching right here. Y'all, y'all, y'all will never know the persecution this church has undergone. It's been fought hard. It's been fought hard. But look what God just done. Look what God just done. Pastor called and said, need some help, sister. Bring me some help. You know why she called on her? She knows what was put inside of her. She knows the foundation that was laid under her. I'll get to talking to her sometimes and She'll be talking about things God dealt with her about, and she'll look at me and say, and you taught me. This is what you taught me. This is how you instructed me. I've not left you without. I've instructed you how to develop a relationship, how to stand, and how to become warriors. Prepare for battle. Amen. Prepare for battle. Is that what the Lord said? Prepare for battle. I want all you ladies, your first lady up there Thursday morning. I'm not going to go into details. She's wrestled in her spirit for three weeks now. She's fought hard. She ain't the only one. There's other ministers have contacted her and said something's going on told her exactly how they were feeling. She was feeling the same thing. There's something working in the Spirit. They're buying together, ladies. They're buying together. God ain't, God ain't putting up no junk. People that want junk, people that want good church, people that just want good meetings, there'll be a separation. You hear me? Coming down to the... Coming down to the... You're going to get out and get it. You're going to put up or shut up. Amen. Put up or shut up. Hallelujah.
Father, in the name of Jesus, I have, Lord, this day delivered my soul to your people. God, I pray, Lord, that you give this people eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to understand what the Spirit is speaking to the church. God, let us see the lateness, the seriousness of the hour. God, the perplexity and the calamity that's on our nation, both naturally and spiritually. Wake your people up, Father. Wake your people up, Lord. Shake them out of their sleep. Let your will be wrought in this church. God, let it be wrought naturally. Let it be wrought spiritually. God, as we move forward, Lord, in this endeavor, God, to add to the church, Lord, to prepare for the people that are coming in. God, it seems like we've hit one roadblock after another trying to get started. But I'm asking you, God, to give us favor this next week. God, let things fall in place. Let things fall in place, God. Lord, I already wanted this foundation in, getting ready to frame. But Lord, I can't seem to get anything moving, Father. I know it's your time. I know it's your will. Move the hindrances. Move the hindrances, Father. In Jesus' name. Unite the hearts of your people. I give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. If you appreciate the Lord today, take this word to heart. Because my heart's crying out. Hearts crying out. Because I know there's some people that your candles fixing to go out, your lamps fixing to go out. If you listen to me and pray, unite with the body and seek the face of God, you'll survive. If you don't, your lamps fixing to go out. I've never felt the urgency and seriousness of the hour like I'm feeling now. It's just a heaviness in my spirit. Listen to the Lord. Please listen to the Lord. Please listen to Him. Please make a commitment to get in this church. Be a part. Be a laborer. There's something everybody can do if you just get in here and find Him. Amen. You can be a part. I'm going to tell you something. You need to be a part of a church somewhere. You need to be a part of a body. And it, I'm not, I'm not, when I say this, I'm not, being mean, I'm not being. But if you don't feel like you fit here, if you don't feel like God's placed you here, please pray and find the place you feel like God's placed you. If you don't feel like you belong here, then children of God, you don't belong here. But if you feel like you belong here, then make a commitment and get in here with your whole heart. Amen. Is that all right? Not being mean, not being ugly, no hard feelings. I love you. But if you're with me, I want you with me. 100%. hundred and ten percent. Amen. 110%. I thank the Lord for this service. I really do. It's been strong. But it needed to be 
to the point. Amen. Needed to be to the point. Y'all still love you, Pastor? It's good because I still love y'all. I'm going to take this time right now and receive the tithe and the offerings. And I'm going to ask you if you can help me personally. Things have been slow in the business. And I know I'm going to be spending a lot of time over here. And I want to get things done. So if you got something you can help me with personally, if you can go that extra mile with me today, I'd appreciate it. But always, above all things, you honor God your tithe and offering you stand with this church because I will tell you this this church will make a difference in this community you hear me it will make a difference any of y'all believe that you believe this church will make a difference then you can get in here and fight for it you need to get in here and fight for it and stand with it you got some time in the next couple months we get going there'll be there'll be a lot that everybody can do you may not put your hand on a claw hammer and pull a nail or tear off a board or drive a nail or tow a board or saw a board, but there's going to be plenty to do. Amen. And it's going to take everybody pulling together. I'd like to see this thing done by camp meeting. How many of y'all like to see this thing done by camp meeting? I believe we can do it. Amen. Y'all believe we can do it? I believe we can do it. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet. Honor the Lord. Come do what's right in God's sight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I love the Lord today. God is good all the time. Amen. He's good all the time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's a fight, church. You hear me? It's a fight. It's a fight. And I'll say this again. My door's open. You hear me? My door's open. You got something you need to talk about? Don't bring me a bunch of junk. I don't hear no junk. You got things you're battling with? I'll work through them with you. I'll pray through them with you. I'll pray for you. I'll pray with you. We'll work things out. I don't want no junk. I had somebody, Brother John first started coming to church. Somebody come to me and just said, well, Man, that brother's in church and he's doing so and so, so and so, so and so, so and so, so and so. Said you need to just need to call him out, just dress him down. I said, Okay. I said, right after I do you. Just call him up in front of the church, just dress him down. Just re- I said, All right, right after I do you. Is that what you want me to do to you? No. I said, I don't do that. I said, I don't do that. I said, I'd rather have that young man under the anointing, under the word, 
dealing with the things he's dealing with and going through the things he's going through. I said, because somewhere God will set him free. Stand this word, young man. You hear me, April? Y'all stand this word. You've been here every service. You've been here Wednesday night service. You've been here both services. You'll grow in God. You'll grow in God. God will start straightening your life out. He will. God will start straightening your life out. It don't happen overnight. But you can get established in the Lord and become strong in the Lord. And your life can be a light. Amen. Hallelujah. Has everybody obeyed the Lord? Okay. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord. For the offering, I thank you for the people that have committed themselves, Lord, to the furtherance of the work of the gospel. God, I'm asking you today, Lord, that those that have stood with this church and held my hands up to help me meet my needs, let your blessing, Father. God, I just feel an extra special blessing come down and overtake them and overshadow them. I ask it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, my Lord and my Savior. That an extra special blessing fall upon them. Help them and strengthen bless them financially for their sacrifice. I give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.